have you guys so we have a new segment on the show called high time with a high chew <laughs> because our last guest Tim Finn gave us so many high chews yeah, that lot. have a lot of unique flavors <laughs> so you guys will get to choose what flavor you'd want to try okay oh my gosh there's a lot Ooh, I like this one there's a lot of options yeah. yogurt yogurt oh. interesting all right, so Molly has the yogurt high chew. I have sweet and sour. And Shelby has sweet and sour, okay. Mm -hmm. So what did they taste like? Did it taste like yogurt? I don't feel like it, I don't know. I think it just tasted like strawberry. It was strawberry yogurt, so. Let me see. Yeah. The lemon was a pretty sour lemon, so I'll, it lives up to the name, sweet and sour. And the strawberry was just your standard everyday strawberry flavor. Yeah, no? probably tastes the same as the strawberry. Yeah, that I had. Probably. <laughs> How would you rate those on a scale of one to ten? Each individual flavor or the bag itself? Or the kind you tried. Okay. I would give the yogurt maybe like a five. I like the really fruity ones, like the grape and the green apple. Those ones are my favorite. Those are like yeah. a ten out of ten. Honestly, I'm not a fan of high twos, but these are probably the best ones I've had. Oh. So that's like a nine for me. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe we're, we'll convert you into a, a high chew fan. Yes. Possibly. <laughs> well, at least with, the, with this kind. But yeah. Moving on, I think we need to do a little introduction for the folks who don't know you guys yet. So could you guys give your names, where you're from, and what you do at PSU? Yeah. I can start. Hi. Um, I'm Molly. I'm the chapter president of PSU HRMA this year. I currently live here in Portland, but I have lived all over Oregon and California, so Eugene, all the way over to Chula Vista near the border, so all over the place. Yeah, it's a little bit about me. <laughs> nice. Um, my name's Shelby, and uh, I'm a Portland native, more specifically from the East Portland uh, Gresham area. I went to Centennial High School out in Gresham, and uh, I am doing the HR slash management double major here at Portland State. I'm in my second year, and for HERMA, or HRMA, I am the Director of Information Systems. Awesome. So you guys also call it HERMA? Yeah, it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> I like to shorten it. Yeah. HRMA is a little wordy. Yeah. And then we also have SHRM as like our parent organization, and that stands for Society of Human Resource Management, which is also really long. So lots of acronyms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can see why SHRM would be easier. <laughs> yes. Nice. All right. So. I'm curious about what got you guys interested in going to Portland State. Yeah, um, so I'm actually a transfer student. I started out at Concordia University Portland, if any of you have heard of that. used to be around. Unfortunately, it went bankrupt, and I had to transfer. And I was looking into schools that had really good scholarship programs, and 
PSU has such great financial options, especially just in Oregon compared to other colleges. So that was what really got me started here. And then I really liked the community. I liked being downtown. I liked the buildings and I felt pretty at home. Yeah, and my reason for going to PSU is one reason and one reason only. And that's four years free. It is Amen. the greatest <laughs> opportunity ever that mm -hmm. I've come across when I was looking for colleges. And the mm -hmm. minute I found out that I qualified, I was like, this is my school. I didn't even have a major picked out at that time. I was just like, I'll find something if it's going to be free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just find something. Uh, and, you know, I feel like I'm getting a, a pretty good bang for my buck here. <laughs> and because uh, there's so many uh, community involvement opportunities and academic resources at our disposal as PSU students, in my opinion. So mm -hmm. I, I really do feel like I made the right choice, even if I did have to pay for it. Yeah, adding to that, I also am part of the Transfers Finish Free program, so that is so, so helpful to finish college. I just heard about that. Mm -hmm. Do you only pay, I think it's $200 a term? I wish. <laughs> oh, it's not? No, um, they, they cover tuition, and then everything else you have to cover, so there might be some other minor fees. For me, it's closer to maybe like 800 but I take a lot of online classes, so that adds to it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and um, for me on the four-year spree, um, they cover 12 credits. So if you want to take more than 12 credits, you have to pay more. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing 16 credits right now, and you know um, I split my payments each month mm -hmm. for tuition, and I'm only paying like I think 65 bucks a month for tuition. Wow. Wow. $65 oh a month for taking 16 credits. That's incredible. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> So Concordia University, you said Molly went bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. Um, it was also in another school where I got a really great scholarship. I was involved in the honors program and that was really fun. It was a super tight knit program. And I was actually pursuing elementary education, which I loved, absolute dream job. But unfortunately, that was one of the only schools in Oregon where you could do that degree and then immediately start teaching. Um, otherwise, you need a master's for any other um, universities. So, wow. yeah, fortunately. That's right, yeah. For most teachers now, they require a master's degree. Mm -hmm. So that's too bad. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to pursue elementary education at PSU anymore? Oh, I absolutely would love to. I just, I don't have the money to, to go for a master's. So, yeah, but I love HR, so. That's good, that's <laughs> awesome. So you found something else? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's really cool. And Shelby, how did you qualify for the four years free? So you have to live in Oregon. You have to be Pell Grant eligible, be a full-time student, so yes. 12 credits. Yeah. GPA of 3.0 or higher yes. in high school. But there was no SAT score requirement, nothing like that. So it's really easy you mm -hmm. know, to qualify, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, if I could, I don't know if any high schoolers listen to this podcast, but I'd say <laughs> if anyone did, uh, go to PSU and get that four years free if you're eligible mm -hmm. because getting a free degree basically is so valuable. Yeah. If you want to pursue higher education and get like a master's or a doctoral, then you're only paying for that. You, mm -hmm. you, that's like so much education that you just got for free. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's great. 100%. It's absolutely a win-win, especially when nowadays... Um, college debt is, is pretty normal for a lot of college students. Mm -hmm. um, and when a lot of um, you know, private universities are charging so much money yes. um, for tuition. Mm -hmm. I know at University of Portland, uh, an undergraduate degree there costs so a quarter expensive. of a million. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. So just for a bachelor's degree, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure the education's great, but you know, I think it's something worth thinking about, right? Yeah. When I was looking into the elementary education program over at OSU, it was an insane amount of money, and comparing that to a teacher's salary, it's just you're never going to pay that off. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's really unfortunate. Doesn't Western Oregon University also have a really esteemed uh, elementary education program? I'm sure they do, but I, I know that's another pricier. Oh, yeah, pricier one for sure. Oh, gotcha. But that's so great to hear that you guys um, have a lot of uh, financial benefits going here. It sounds like not having to worry about those costs definitely removes a burden from your shoulders. So mm -hmm. that's really exciting stuff. What inspired you then to major in human resource management? I can sort of speak on that to start. Yeah. I probably switched majors five different times. Like I had mentioned earlier, I, I started out as an elementary education major, and then I transferred over to PSU. I think I did some Spanish, nursing, still didn't fit, and then I took social work for a while, and I actually really, really enjoyed social work. PSU has a really good social work program, but social work is a tough, tough, job and so when I started to get deeper into that I thought I, I just don't have the emotional needs to do this kind of a job so I knew I still wanted to work with people and that I enjoyed helping people in some form and that's where I kind of found human resources and I started just taking those classes and I really enjoyed it yeah yeah it's it's funny that you talk about wanting to be a teacher because my whole life I thought I was going to be a teacher Mm. That was always what I thought I was going to do from, the, from when I was five years old and people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until um, when the COVID pandemic hit that I started to reconsider that because mm -hmm. I, was a, I was a senior in high school when we were doing the online classes. And during that time, I really started to reflect on if being a teacher was right for me because while I do believe that the work that teachers do is godly, yeah. they are some of the most <laughs> hardworking underpaid people mm -hmm. in America Seriously. and you know it's it's great and I appreciate them but I didn't feel like the lifestyle and especially the pay did not match what I wanted for my future goals in life so while I do still feel very passionate about that work I wanted something a little different so mm -hmm. I started researching different things and like you, Molly, I also stumbled on social work, thought about that, mm -hmm. then realized it's way too emotionally taxing. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a couple different things I thought of, but I landed on HR. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, the minute I read the job description, I felt like it was a perfect match for my personality and my strengths. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I found it, because otherwise I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's but, yeah. amazing. Wow. So... Yeah, you both were interested in education or social work, interested in working with people, mm -hmm. but it's absolutely true. Yeah, jobs in education and social work are very difficult. I think you're expected to wear lots of different hats, Yeah, like being a counselor, being a therapist. It's very emotional work, as you guys said, so mm -hmm. HR work should hopefully be less emotionally taxing. Mm -hmm. Is that the impression you guys are getting? I would say definitely less when you're comparing it to, say, social work or education. Um, but it is emotionally taxing in a different way in that, especially with the field that I'm really interested in, which is employee relations, it's hard to make friends at work. You can't really have friends because you, you know everything about them. You know, you know 
exactly what's going on. For example, my mom works in HR, and she's had to fire her own friends before. And so that really makes it hard in HR, for sure. And people definitely sometimes view as maybe like the bad cop in the workplace, which is fair, because there has been a reputation for that in HR as well, yeah. Exactly. I think it also depends on the branch of HR that you go into. Mm -hmm. You know, something like employee relations, as Molly was saying, versus something a little more by the book or straightforward, you know, like HRIS, which is HR Information Systems, or something law or legal related. Mm -hmm. It definitely probably would not be as emotionally taxing. But that's what I think the beauty of HR is and, and why I wanted to go into it is because there's so many different avenues you can go through with it. You know, if you're someone who's really into people, you can go into recruiting. Mm -hmm. Versus if you're someone who's really analytical, you could go into something a little different like compensation or benefits. And um, I think there's something in there, in the HR field, for a lot of different people to, to hold on to. Yeah. That's great. So there's a lot of variety in the HR field. Mm -hmm. For um, sure. So Molly, you're interested in, in employee relations. Shelby, do you know what area you'd like to specialize in yet? Broadly, but not really. So I'm only a sophomore. I haven't really gotten into my upper division HR courses yet, so I don't really even know that much academically about the field. Of course, I've done my research on different, um, you know, branches, yeah. so to speak, but until I really, you know, dive deeper into it, I don't think I can pick one yet. Mm -hmm. If I had to, I'd say maybe recruiting. We had a guest speaker uh, a couple weeks back who was a recruiter, and I loved what she had to say about recruiting and why she ended up going into recruiting. Well, she said recruiting is the happier part of HR. <laughs> it's you're giving people jobs. You're not taking them away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're, you're making people's days by offering them jobs, and, you know, mm -hmm. you get to know people. And I, I just love the idea of that, you know? So that's why mm -hmm. I'm thinking recruiting, but... We'll see what happens. Absolutely. I can see how the recruiting side of HR must be very fulfilling to yes. get to employ people, find the right fit for mm -hmm. the company as well as the applicant. Right. So, yeah, that's great stuff. For our listeners who are outside of the business school, sort of in a nutshell, could you describe what human resources is and what it encompasses? Yeah. I can start off on this question a little bit. So it's easiest to really just go into the different fields of HR because HR is so, so broad. Um, but mainly we work with the employees, right, on the employee side. So we've got DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We've got recruitment. We have employee relations. We have um, compensation, benefits, payroll. Shelby, what other ones am I forgetting? HRIS. Yes, um, um, that stands for, HRIS stands for Human Resource Information Systems, and that's the more technical side. There's uh, compliance or legal, law and compliance? Yes, law and compliance. Training and development, is that? Yeah, training, yeah. Yeah, training and development. I think those are the, the major broad sectors, yeah. Nice. And so what got you guys interested in joining HERMA, or HRMA, here at PSU? For me, I just really wanted to be more engaged. I found that just going to my classes alone, it wasn't really doing it for me. I wanted to become more involved with PSU, especially because this is really a commuter school and a transfer school, and I think people here have um, a tendency to really keep to themselves. 
And I felt myself kind of falling into that as well. And I knew I wanted to join a program or some sort of club. And I saw the HR club and I thought, well, that fits perfect. And I met some of the members and I really enjoyed them. And yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So me personally, I wanted to get involved with HRMA as soon as possible in my academic career because I wanted to hear from HR professionals about what it was like to work in HR before I got too deeply involved into like upper division HR classes mm -hmm. so that I could change my mind or back out if <laughs> mm -hmm. what they told me made me reconsider, you know? Of course. So um, if any, if any um, freshman or sophomore level uh, people are listening out there, I'd say do something like that to, you know, hear from or network with people who are in the career field that you're interested in to really know if it's something that's right for you. Because yeah. I think that's, that's better than hearing a, a professor lecture in a class. That's better than just reading articles online, you know? So that was why I wanted to join uh, HRMA. And you know, it only reaffirmed my excitement about Yay. HR. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've learned so much about the field and about the different people that I get to hear from. And I haven't even started my upper division 300 level HR classes yet. And I already feel like I know, you know, a lot. I'm not going to say I know everything, but, you know, I already know a lot. Yeah, you do. And I, I think that that's really invaluable. So mm -hmm. I say do it if you have the opportunity. It can truly open your eyes to whatever field you're interested in. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. I wish that more freshmen, sophomores, like you were interested in joining student organizations because mm -hmm. exactly through those connections, through those experiences in the club, um, getting to go to these guest speaking events, you learn so much. And this is information coming directly from the industry. Yeah. It's a lot more, it's... Realistic, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think people can take more away from it rather than exactly. sometimes in a class it's, it can feel like you're kind of forced to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Classes, yeah. and I, I found for me, classes really focus on a lot of the theory behind things and they don't really focus on what your everyday work is going to look like in the office and so the theory can sound really fun it's a lot of psychology and sociology but are you going to enjoy sitting behind a desk for eight hours sometimes that's the reality of it and mm -hmm. that is what I like about a lot of the speakers that we bring in is they tell you about their actual day-to-day -day lives and you can kind of gauge mm, is this still something I want to go into mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly um, have you guys had um, a favorite guest that you've had at, with HRMA before? That's a good question. Do you mind if I answer first? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I, I don't think I'd say favorite, but I just love how different everyone is. Even when you grab people from the same industry or who are doing the same type of work in recruiting or, or whatever you may have, they all say stuff that's very different. I'd like to highlight something that I thought was interesting was we had one speaker early in the fall term who was a consultant for HR and I remember very vividly how he was speaking about how DEI, diversity, mm -hmm. equity, inclusion, wouldn't be a field that exists in five years. Yeah, it's a very that. It was a very interesting take that, that they had, you know, mm -hmm. whether you agree or disagree, but it was just interesting to hear what he had to say and then the next week after that, we had a different person from a different organization 
who is actually the DEI director mm-hmm. of their wow. respective company. And they were talking about how important and how, you know, uh, vital they thought their work in mm-hmm. DEI was. And the week before, you, you contrast that with this person who says, your work is not going to exist in five years because <laughs> nobody will care about it. <laughs> you know? Wow. And it's just, you know, it's, it's cool to hear those different things, you know, yeah. from different people. Even if you may agree or disagree, whatever you may have, you know, it's cool to get those perspectives. Absolutely, and you still learn something. There's still a big takeaway from each one. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really cool that your different guests have maybe differing opinions. I think that's good to share, you know? One I really enjoyed was one of our recent guests here, um, Andres. He works for Nike. He's an HR coordinator there. And I found his story to be really inspiring. He started out kind of like me, like a wanderer. Not really sure going from job to job, from position to position, and he really found a great spot for himself at Nike, and I thought that was really inspiring to hear about someone saying, hey, I graduated from college, and it took me years to find myself that job where I really feel like I fit in. Yeah. Yeah, to add on to that, it's so affirming when your guest speakers that you're hearing project that experience that you feel or that you're you're afraid of Mm -hmm. uh, from when you graduate because I've been so afraid of not being able to find a job that I like right away outside of college yeah or so have you Mm -hmm. and when I hear these speakers say maybe maybe that will happen but it'll be okay because that was me and look where I am now exactly Mm -hmm. that makes me feel so good it's inspiring yeah exactly absolutely it's it's very normal I think everybody will always kind of transition They might plan that they want to pursue this career or live in a certain place, but plans are always going to change. And with your career, you will probably float from place to place, and it's okay. It's normal. That's what happens. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We had a previous guest on the podcast, um, Connor Underwood, who is also an HR major um, at PSU. He applied for lots of different jobs. Um, Some jobs, uh, it wasn't the right fit for him, but he eventually found his fit at Adidas, Yay. which was oh, nice. really exciting, yeah. That's awesome. So he's still working there, mm-hmm. I believe. And yeah, he says it's, it's a good time. He really likes the work he's doing. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. I had an internship I really loved, and I was suddenly laid off. The company had completely shut down, and I was really brokenhearted and pretty uninspired. And actually, during that time, that was how I met Andres, was I had reached out to him. And we had a one-on-one, and he was really inspiring to me and told me, hey, I've been in that exact situation. Here's kind of what I did to get out of it. And I just recently accepted another internship. So, you know, it's, it's really inspiring. And sometimes you just need to talk to those professionals and get that inspiration from them. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way. Thank Congratulations. You. <laughs> so exciting. Thank you. Yeah. A piece of advice that I heard of recently is, while you're a student, you should absolutely reach out to professionals, yes. people who already mm-hmm. work in the industry, because here's the thing, right? When they find out you're a student, they'll want to help you because <laughs> you've just started your journey, you're still <laughs> learning. I think a lot of professionals want to help students, but once you're out of college, they might be less interested, yeah, potentially, in sure. giving you that guidance, providing you that mentorship. Mm-hmm. So while you're a student, is definitely a good time time frame mm-hmm. to reach out definitely yeah. and then make those connections so that when you do graduate 
and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm a recent graduate. I need a job. Then you have those connections to reach out to you and can hopefully find you something. Where's your new internship at? It's a manufacturing company over in Tualatin. So I actually, my previous internship was at a manufacturing facility as well. And I found that I actually really enjoyed manufacturing. It was kind of surprising. I, th I went into this field thinking, this is super new. I don't know if I'm going to like this, but I actually really enjoyed it. So That's awesome. Yeah. Is, there, is there something about manufacturing that yeah. makes the work Maybe a little would, more interesting? I would say so. Um, I think what makes it really meaningful for me is, I mean, this is the supply chain, right? These are products that are essential to people. So where I'm working right now is we make products for electricity. So um, any sort of circuit breakers or anything like that in your home, they're probably produced in that factory. And these people are really, really important to keeping things going. <laughs> and so it's important that we, we take care of those employees. And I think they, I mean, we saw during the pandemic, right, some of those essential workers. So, yeah. That's really cool. Really fulfilling stuff. Yeah. yeah. Electricity is important. The supply chain <laughs> is mm -hmm. definitely very important right now. Yes. <laughs> We're talking about it a lot in classes, I know, because it's so disrupted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shelby, do you think you'll pursue an internship? Maybe after you've done some of your HR classes or before? Definitely. I think it's in this job market, it's necessary to do an internship. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to definitely have to. I was thinking about doing one this summer. I, I don't know how that's going to pan out just with other stuff I have going on in my schedule. Um, and plus, it's February, so I don't know if You're it's only too a late. sophomore, too. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I've, got, I've yeah. got time. Yeah. I don't really, you know, I've got my open to work set up on yeah. LinkedIn, so I'm getting like, some emails, mm -hmm. you know, bring in stuff to my plate, and I'll consider them as I get them, but yeah. I'm not doing any serious browsing as of now. Yeah, absolutely, and there's no rush, yeah, exactly. I think usually once you become a junior or senior, then um, people start to recommend internships, yeah. but there's absolutely no rush, of course. No. Right. <laughs> so going back to HRMA, what kinds of valuable experiences have you gained being a part of the club? Yeah, I don't think I could have gotten either of my HR internships without this club experience. So I started out just joining and attending the meetings, and I asked to be a part of the leadership team. And finally, once I had that leadership role, I was doing things that you would actually be doing in the workplace, right? So in school, it's a lot of studying and, and things that might not necessarily apply or transfer over into the workplace. And I felt like the stuff that I was doing as a leader were things that would directly translate. And I discovered that that was definitely the case when I started doing my interviews. And they would ask, OK, so tell me more about HRMA. What do you do there? So yeah, it's given me a lot of experience, for sure. Yeah, I've simply just loved getting to know the day-to-day -day of so many HR professionals uh, the most. I feel like it's better than hearing it in a classroom setting mm -hmm. for professors, because what you're hearing from these speakers is current. And yeah. a lot of it pertains to the specific industries that they work in. And I've loved having that experience of hearing from different industries because I'm not someone who knows what company I want to work for. Mm -hmm. I'm not someone who necessarily knows what industry I want to work in. Mm -hmm. So I get to hear from anywhere from tech to food to consulting. There's so many different perspectives I get to hear. And it helps inform my journey as I 
kind of decide what I want to do after graduation. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, getting to learn from all these different speakers, as we talked about previously, will definitely mm -hmm. inform your next steps, right? That's great. Mm -hmm. Have you guys gotten some job experience in some ways by being part of HERMA? I've gotten a good amount of job experience, like I was saying, things that I would consider transferable. Also, kind of relating to that are the connections that we make. So actually from earlier, we just had an event this, this afternoon, mm -hmm. and someone that had graduated in 2015 and was previously part of the club had said, he never ever has to apply for jobs because he was a part of the club, and he knows so many people in his network, and they just reach out to him and offer him positions. Wow, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I know that HR specialists have a major ethical responsibility. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, I have a pretty strong opinion on this because originally going into HR, I heard a lot of people voicing their opinions about it, and rightfully so because a lot of people have unfortunately had really bad experiences with HR in their workplace because Previously, HR was seen um, rather as there to help the employees. They were there to protect the employers. So if a person came out with, say, a complaint about discrimination in the workplace, HR, unfortunately, would go and look into it, and instead of really digging into that claim and figuring out, okay, what's going wrong in the workplace that is allowing this to happen, instead of doing that, they were saying, hey, we're not really going to see your claim as valid, and we're going to find a way to uh, get you out of the company in the worst case possible. So I think we really, really, especially as emerging professionals in the HR world, we have that responsibility to go in and change things and make the workplace better for people. And that's something I think is really inspiring because I do see a major change, especially in like Gen Z with how we want to be treated in the workplace and, and what we expect. And I think it's important that as HR, that is really, really deep set into our values. Definitely, and especially considering that HR as a career field is still relatively young. Yeah. It's, very, it's a very young field, so there's still a lot of room for change and growth mm -hmm. in the field. And I totally agree with what you say about Gen Z and as we're emerging professionals in the workplace, mm -hmm. we have a lot that we're most likely going to change yeah. about the career mm -hmm. and about the practices, and I'm really excited for that. I mean, just in my own most recent internship, something that I noticed was, um, so I worked in a lot of safety training and development, and um, there was a lot of people who did not speak full English, and that was something I felt was really lacking in the company, and I said, well, Let's get some translations of some of these documents in. So I think just small things like that, um, especially the younger generations, we just are a little bit more aware of. So definitely, especially when it comes with the whole diversity and inclusion piece. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that not a lot of older generations were cognizant of yeah. as, as we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, HR is a relatively new field. So that's really exciting that there's still a lot of opportunity for growth, mm -hmm. um, for change, and as being part of the new generation, you guys will get to be a part of that, so that's really cool. I like what you said, Molly, about um, thinking about the employee's experience mm -hmm. of being in the company, of translating some documents, that way they understand what's going on. Uh, I think in business we talk a lot about like the guest experience, making mm -hmm. sure that the guest 
has the greatest experience, um, the easiest time mm -hmm. using a company's services or going to their storefronts. They care so much about the guest experience, but what I like about HR is they care about the, the employee's experience, mm -hmm. making sure the employee yeah. has a fulfilling experience working for their employer. Mm -hmm. And what I have to say to that is I like to ask people, well, how can you have that end goal for the customer if you don't have the employee giving it to them, right? Exactly, and I think that so many corporations and companies realize that yeah. when the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. you know, there's just so many changes that came about because of that. And I like to say, employees are the internal guests in a company. Yeah. The customers are the external guests. Mm -hmm. They're both important and they yeah. both deserve the attention. Yeah. You can't serve the customers without first serving your employees. Exactly. Because right? they're the ones that are at the forefront, yeah. you know? Especially in service industries, but mm -hmm. even if it's not directly a service industry, there's still that principle that applies. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I love hearing the positive attention that some companies are getting, um, like Costco. For Costco does such a good job. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I've been hearing about how Costco treats its employees. Mm -hmm. I hear they give them a lot of days off. Uh, they're paid well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've heard great things about Costco as, yeah. as an employer. And what I like about Costco is people are really using them as a case study to say, whoa, look at Costco, the way that they are treating their employees is directly being shown in their profits. They are doing really well even throughout the pandemic and companies are starting to learn, hey, actually you know, giving our employees these benefits and treating them well, it does translate into better profits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having a happier workforce allows them to have the energy and the emotional capacity to be the best uh, employees they can, mm -hmm. the best... Most engaged. Yeah, yeah, the most engaged, being able to serve the clients to the mm -hmm. best of their ability. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's something I'm, I'm really excited for, looking forward the next 10, 15 years in business, is the three Ps are becoming way more important, you know, mm -hmm. profit, but people and planet. Yeah. And those people and planet, that is so important. And yeah. I'm so excited that that's you know, more prevalent. They've got their own word, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> So, I mean, it's very <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I love seeing, um, exactly as you said, the three Ps are becoming so important. CSR, corporate social responsibility, is mm -hmm. a big topic in a lot of our business classes now. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, this is stuff that we as the new generation need to think about as we advance in our careers, too, is making yep. sure our companies, the places we work for, are... Um, making positive impacts mm -hmm. um, in all areas. So I'd like to do somewhat of a lightning round with you guys um, on some controversial or hot-button HR practices that are occurring nowadays. So um, I just want to see what your guys' opinions are or what your reactions are to some of these topics. Mm -hmm. um, so our first topic is the recent massive layoffs in the tech industry. What comes to mind when you think about these layoffs? For me, the first thing I think is unprofessional. If you need to lay an employee off, it's important that you sit down with them, have an adult conversation with them. You don't just lock them out of the system and they have to figure out that they are being released from the company. There's an, a professional way to go about these things, and 
it's important for your company's reputation too, right? You want people to still want to work for your company and keep applying, so yeah. Exactly. To add on to what you said, it's so unprofessional. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and these are the same employers that expect their employees to give them a two-week notice when they want to leave. Mm -hmm. But they're not even giving them the simple common courtesy of, like you said, having a sit-down discussion. Instead, it's just, oh, why can't I log into my, to my work day or whatever? <laughs> and it's just terrifying. Yeah. I hope that's not the new standard. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hope not, too. Yeah. Speaking on the tech industry... The tech industry has a habit of really pushing their employees. I hear, you know, about great benefits in the workplace, right? They have free food all day, but I think by having free food all day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, maybe in some ways it encourages yes. the employees to stay at work Absolutely. all day. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to those increased work hours, mm -hmm. um, do you guys have any thoughts on the work environment at tech industry companies? I would say not only that, it's also known to be extremely competitive. So that's something that we really discuss um, in our, our HR classes a lot is how competitiveness is not really the best in every single work environment. It's not always what you want. A lot of people think, you know, putting our, our employees against one another, kind of ranking them against one another will only encourage them to be more productive. But really it just puts people down. It causes people to push one another under the bus because they want the benefit or something along those lines. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. So our next one is the death of the performance appraisal. So one of my favorite classes I took was my performance management class. And something that we really focused on in that class is that yearly appraisals is just not enough. Employees need constant feedback so that they know how to improve because something that we really focused on is say, you're giving them feedback on something that happened months ago. It's no longer relevant to them. So I would say this is a great thing. Doing more employee check-ins is really gonna help you in the workplace and also gonna help the inv individual grow as well. Yeah, it's such a no-brainer to me. Like, mm -hmm. why would you have this like, annual or semi-annual sit down with an employee where you go over everything yeah. rather than just doing it in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I think it, for me it also goes back to professionalism. It's like if you see like a red flag in your employee or you have a concern, why not just tell them right then and develop a plan mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. improve on it? Not, you know, wait and then to the point where it's no longer relevant and then punish them for it. You yeah. know, it's, I just don't like it. So yeah, I agree. It's a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, it must be overwhelming too when you're having these semi-annual meetings yes. and you're going over your performance mm -hmm. and your boss is suddenly name dropping all these moments or situations mm -hmm. where you screwed up. Yeah. Um, it must be a little distressing, I feel like, in the moment. Yeah, and I think the scariest thing for employees too is oftentimes that is what your pay is based off of. So yeah. your bonus that year might be based off of something that you did six months ago, right? And I, don't, I mean, who knows what happened to you six months ago? Maybe you had a really hard time. Maybe there was a death in the family. That shouldn't reflect what is currently going on in, with you now and the feedback that you're getting now. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. So our next lightning round topic is dress code. What do you guys think of dress code policies? It's so funny how this issue hasn't changed from when we were in school. And it's still a problem. <laughs> you know, some things never change. 
Did you have anything to say on it first? Um, I guess my opinion, I don't, I don't know if it's the more common opinion. I do think that there is an appropriate dress code in the workplace. I don't think it should be based around your gender, which a lot of it currently is, right? But I do think there is a general appropriateness of, say, your environment and your work attire. So, you know, some places maybe you need to wear more professional work attire, like a blazer. Other places, jeans. I think it really depends on the situation. But what I don't love is the current standards and surrounding things like I had seen dress code in my previous workplace that was specifically for women. You couldn't have things like bra straps showing. Things like that really frustrated me because they seemed so irrelevant to the work that you needed to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I think there is value in having a loose dress code-ish because I know for me personally, the way I dress does impact how I feel mm -hmm. about what I'm doing. You know, it either brings my confidence up or it, you know, lowers my confidence and it can help or hurt. It, it does have an effect. Yeah. And I feel like if you want your employees to be professional, then it's totally fine to ask them to have professional dress. But like you said, the gendered aspect of it, it's just so outdated yeah. and ridiculous. Super outdated. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's why I'm a fan of more general, like loose dress codes, like mm -hmm. wear, you know, this certain type of thing or this yeah. certain color, mm -hmm. but not something like the bra strap yeah. example you gave. That's just ridiculous. Too and specific, silly. yeah. Mm -hmm. And also adding into that, um, I really am not a fan of covering tattoos. I will say, I know it really does depend culturally. So some cultures, mm -hmm. it is offensive. And if you're going into that culture, that might be something that you have to deal with. But I mean, here in the United States, right, it's becoming so common, things like tattoos and piercings. I am also not a fan of telling employees to cover those up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to add to that, piercings and the way someone does their hair, yeah. that's also totally inappropriate to try mm -hmm. to dictate. Mm -hmm. Especially the hair thing, like that can so be so problematic <laughs> and, and problematic. Like mm -hmm. if you want to color your hair, why not? Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, especially if you want to put the race aspect into it, it's like a lot of different races do different things with their hair and that's beautiful and that's amazing. Let them, none of it's unprofessional. It's mm -hmm. cultural, Yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I remember seeing articles um, about African-American women who would have dreads or cornrows and it being called unprofessional and going to work. Yeah, that was actually something, um, shout out to my stepmom, <laughs> 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 um, that she used to kind of struggle with is letting out her natural hair. And she really was frustrated with that because she was thinking, this is my natural hair. I'm wearing it in a bun. How is it any different than if a white woman were to wear her hair in a bun? Mm -hmm. Right? So, right. Absolutely. All right. Our last lightning round topic is workplace relationships, which might be uh, a little taboo, <laughs> maybe, in some, in some very workplaces. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on workplace relationships? My issue with workplace relationships is when it affects the workplace. If it's completely private and it's not affecting your work, it's none of our business. You know, you don't need to bring it to HR. But my issue is something that I actually witnessed in my previous workplace was a supervisor who was in a relationship with someone below them. And we noticed that they were absolutely giving them preferential treatment. Mm -hmm. So once you start seeing things like that, I think it's fair to say, 
mm, not okay, we need to do something about this. Maybe move you to a different branch or something so you're more separate. But if it's not affecting anyone, you're keeping it really private, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And um, I was someone who was in a workplace relationship. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, the only people who made a big deal about it were the people outside of that relationship. (laughs) You know? And I'm not saying made a big deal as in brought it to HR. I'm talking Mm -hmm. like, you know, cracking jokes or, you know, lighthearted stuff. We were all friends at that workplace, so Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. nothing crazy. But, you know, I I agree with Molly in terms of, like, do not let it affect the actual work. You know, it's Mm -hmm. completely separate, personal, and the work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you just can't let it affect. But other than that, it's fine. But also when I think about it from the company standpoint, I can understand how they'd either want to have a hard, fast rule about workplace relationships or no workplace relationships Mm -hmm. because it can be hard to dictate um, (laughs) whether or not those relationships are impacting the workplace. You know? Yeah, and maybe it's not impacting it now, but maybe it will later. So I definitely see it. It can be really hard from a company standpoint for sure. Yeah, exactly. Going off of that, I, I have another question about this for you guys. Should employees disclose their relationship to their su- supervisors? So are you asking, like, if, say, they're in a workplace relationship, mm-hmm. specifically have to disclose that? Yeah. Um, again, I would say not until things start to get more serious, right? So if you want to get engaged, things like that, that's really, I mean, that's going to affect your life in a lot of different ways. If it's just in the beginning stages, no one really, really needs to know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But also, if there's a power imbalance there, then yeah. that needs to be called into attention Absolutely. immediately. Yeah, that's you know? really so important. So that the, that, that's the other condition I would add. Mm-hmm. So if there's a power imbalance and also what you were saying yeah. about how, I forgot what you were saying. Well, what you were saying. (laughs) I remember agreeing with it and being like, oh, Molly has some good points. Mm -hmm. So whatever that was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that concludes our uh, lightning round on hot-button HR practices. So now I'm curious to know, uh, Molly, since you're a senior, you've been at PSU for a few years now, what has been your favorite class that you've taken at PSU? I think my favorite class is actually one that I'm in right now. It's an elective class and it's a management class and it's training and development. It is so, so fun. It's really involving so you get to learn about all the different ways to prepare an employee for training, how to teach an employee things, why employees are motivated by things. So there's a lot of theory in it, a lot of psychology, right? But also it's directly applicable to the workplace. And I also really enjoy training and development. I think it's really fun. Um, getting to show people how to do new things is exciting, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my favorite class, for sure. It's really reassuring to hear that because that is one of the classes I'm most excited to take oh, when nice. I get to that level, <laughs> just from what I've read about it. Yeah, it's a really fun class. Yeah, because Shelby, you're, you were interested um, in teaching when you were growing up, right? So maybe training development kind of go hand in hand a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I like it. And also, um, with my current and past roles that I've had, outside of the school, I've been a trainer in my workplace, and I think that's so fun. It's yeah. one of my favorite things to do at work, is to train people. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's really exciting. There's another, another field that HR enthusiasts can pursue. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool stuff. Shelby, are there any other classes that you're looking forward to taking? 
A lot of the management 400 level ones look really interesting. Uh, like staffing and employee selection. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a good one. That's a good one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have you give me feedback yes. as I list things off. <laughs> I, you know, because that's, like I said, recruitment is something I'm interested in. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that would complement that. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm about to take BA 301 next term, and I'm interested in that. Good class. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know what to expect from it, really, but mm -hmm. I like research. And I'm a business student, so hell, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. BA three hundred one is is our research class for our junior level students. So, yeah, it's it's a good class. It helps you build those foundational skills, I think, in research. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Cool nice. stuff. All right. So, I'm curious to know what is one piece of advice that you could tell to your younger self or share with our viewers. Yeah, I used to stress myself out so bad about getting perfect grades, so doing really well on my assignments, having to turn in a perfect paper, everything needs to be perfect. And I really wish I could have gone back and told myself that is absolutely not the case. Bs are completely okay. If you are like me and you're not super interested in getting your master's, do not stress so hard about your grades. And even in that case, getting your master's, you know, being able to balance that out with doing things like clubs, associations, student engagement, those really look good on your resume too. So I wish I could have told myself, hey, stop stressing out about that, spend some more time on yourself, and also spend some more time on connecting, getting a larger network, go on LinkedIn. Yeah, I wish I could have told my younger self to use LinkedIn a lot more. <laughs> I <laughs> Definitely. Love <that>. <laughs> LinkedIn's great. Definitely. Um, as I was kind of touching on earlier, I'd say use your time at college to your advantage. Mm -hmm. You only have these four or so years for a limited amount of time. And in that time, there are so many opportunities and resources available to you that won't be there once you graduate. Exactly. Whether it be, as Diane was saying earlier, about doing informational interviews with employers because they mm -hmm. want to help out students. Yeah. Or if that's just connecting with different resources on campus, like your career counselors or your internship coordinators or mm -hmm. literally whatever. PSU is such a big campus, so it has so much to offer. Yeah. And I say use it. Use as much as you possibly can. Even use the free gym membership that I mean, we have. You pay for it, right? <laughs> literally. Like, come on, there is so much. Like, I could mm -hmm. live here if I wanted to. <laughs> use it. So that's what I'd say. I do love the rec center here, our <laughs> PSU cool gym membership. Mm -hmm. I was impressed when I went there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like more students need to use it. Yeah. Use those Group X classes, y'all. Mm -hmm. Use yes. the library. The library is great. You've got computers in there. I go in there all the time when my laptop is broken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of great stuff on campus. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Use it to your advantage while you can. Definitely. All right. So just to wrap things up, is there anything that you would like to plug for our viewers? So anything you'd like to bring attention to, or get people interested in? Yeah. What would you like to plug? Yeah, um, if you're looking to learn more about events, what we are up to here at HRMA, you can check out our Instagram, at PSUHRMA. That's where we post events, memes, and then other fun information. It's also just a great way to interact with your classmates. Also, I really can't stress the importance enough of becoming a part of a student group. 
It's free, it's easygoing, it's a great resume builder. You know, what's not to love about that? Very true. This is kind of a shameless self-plug, if you so <laughs> to speak, but I'm the director of information systems uh, for HRMA, so I'm in charge of writing the newsletter. And uh, I think that's the best place to find information about the mm -hmm. organization and about what we're doing around campus. Because I post the newsletter weekly, and on there you'll find internship postings that I gather or that we get to our email. You'll find open leadership positions that we're recruiting for and other upcoming events that we have going on. There's a lot on there. And you can subscribe by emailing PSUHRMA at pdx.edu. And just say, hey, add me to your email list. And I'll be like, I got you. We'll do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> As an HRMA newsletter subscriber, I <laughs> highly recommend yes. <laughs> subscribing. I'll, I'll shout you out <laughs> for the next one. Yes. <laughs> I've been opening I've been opening those emails for like the past okay. year or two. Yeah, even though I'm not um, mm -hmm. I'm not going into HR, but I do like reading your guys' newsletter. And actually, um, I'm in the American Marketing Association. I was the newsletter lead last year, and I was very much inspired by your guys' newsletter. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. we got to so, collab sometime. Yeah, it's crazy meeting the person who makes the newsletter for HRMA. So, yes. yeah, cool stuff. All right, well, thank you guys so much for being on this podcast. Thank it's you. been a pleasure to have you. And thank you for talking business with us. Yes, I'll do autograph signings after the recording. Yes, I'll get your <laughs> autograph before you get famous. <laughs> I'll sell it for millions of dollars later. Yes. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>